Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Watchmen on the wall, bringing forth the written word of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchmen on the wall. Listen to the watchmen on the wall. Listen to the watchmen on the wall. Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. Pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you today. It is Friday. Brother Don Huddle will be joining me on the air here momentarily. We're going to have a good Friday morning broadcast. And there's something very special on my heart that I want to share with you out of the Word of God. I think it's one of the greatest conversations anybody in our generation could actually have. And it is regarding the second coming, as we call it, or as it is called, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there is still today a lot of uh, speculation, uh, a lot of different ideas and thoughts and commentary and theology and uh, eschatology surrounding this issue of the coming of the Lord. And I think that we need to trust the Holy Spirit and the Word of God to bring a very clear understanding about the coming of the Lord Jesus. It is the great hope of the church. We are all looking for him. He, we know he taught that he would come at a time when we least expect it. And so I want to press into that idea today. I want to press into that, that teaching today. I want to get into that. And I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to do something special this morning, and that is to 
enable me to lay forth biblically, scripturally, uh, what I consider to be a very simple truth, but something that it seems so convoluted and complex and confusing sometimes when you get into different groups of believers. And so I certainly don't want to come across as being a know-it-all. I'm not, but I certainly want to add what I believe is true and settle an issue in people's hearts and minds about what the word says. Now, if in the course of this moment, uh, I'm shown to be um, misunderstanding something, well, praise God, because I'm teachable too, and I want to be led by the Holy Spirit, and I do want to be taught the purposes of God. So uh, we will get into that today. I also want to say that this morning, uh, we are coming off of one of the greatest highs, okay? I mean, you think about the, the three disciples went up to the Mount of Transfiguration. They saw God. They saw Moses. They saw Elijah. They saw Jesus transform, right? Uh, and then they came down the mountain, and there was the trouble again. But I want you to know today, I personally, and I'm hoping a few other people that were with us last night, we're coming down off of a mountaintop high of the presence of God and the liberty of the Spirit and the joy of the Lord that was present in our Bible study last night. There was such a liberty. There was such a release. There was such a joy unspeakable and full of glory. At least that's what I experienced. And I, and I witnessed around the, the roundtable discussion in Patricia's book, Deliverance, the Christian Bill of Rights, which we talk about on Thursday nights at uh, New Wine Ministry, that there was just something. And I came out of that meeting. I got, I got a download. I was writing for about an hour, just getting notes from the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And um, just a massive breakthrough is the best way to describe it. Uh, it had been a very funky uh, last, you know, longevity of time. We've, we've been in a trial. There's no doubt about it. And I remember a couple of months ago saying that, you know, we would be going into a trial again because, these fiery trials are intended by God to purge us, to get us more prepared, to grow us up, to mature us, to burn up the dross in our own personal lives. It doesn't matter what we do. It doesn't matter if you're a janitor or whatever anybody does. That's not who we are. Our work occupation is not who we are. But in all that we do, God is working on us. He's preparing a tabernacle. He is preparing a dwelling place. He is preparing his house. And he is purging out the dross. He will not allow even a smidgen, is what we used to call it, no leaven will be in this house. And so we know that it's like, it's like the Lord says uh, at a certain time, all right, tell everybody you're getting ready to go into a trial. Okay, you preach the word. Okay, we're going into a trial. Next thing you know, a couple of months later, the thing finally ends. And, and while you're in it, you're going, oh, my gosh. You know, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, right? Don't think it's strange. But let me tell you, when you're in it, it is very, very strange. And the thing that God's doing is burning up our chap, but he's also establishing us deeper and allowing the enemy to come so far and so close. But, but that's it. He draws a line. And last night, that line was drawn, and that test was over, and that trial ended, at least for me, in my heart, in my mind, and I experienced it, and the joy, and the liberty, and then being around the body last night, it was just, it was so unique, it was so refreshing, and I wish everybody could have been participant in that meeting 
um, last night. And I, and I say that sincerely. Uh, this is my interpretation of what happened. But for me personally, uh, the trial is over. I do feel as though I have finished my race in that season. And I'm going to make an announcement before I get off the air today. Um, so I just wanted to share that because it's too good to let it go. And that's something I would want to share with the whole world, how good God is, how wonderful Jesus is, how beautiful the Holy Spirit is. And when God brings us in, it doesn't mean he's against us. He's not contrary to us. He doesn't hate us. He's actually those I love. I discipline, reprove, and rebuke. And the Lord has been doing a lot of that in our lives because he's growing us up because the times that we are in and the things that we're going to face are going to demand a maturity and a maturation of our uh, growth in the Lord. I mean, that's just a simple reality. And so while there are many things going on in the world today, and we're going to go through them and walk through them one by one, uh, Brother Don is going to join me here in just a moment, and we're going to walk through it. We're going to talk about things going on. But we're going to keep an eternal perspective, and we're going to keep a heavenly perspective, and that everything that's going on in this world has been predicted and foretold by the prophets, by the Spirit of the Lord, by the Apostle John. By the way, the background behind me today is the actual island of Patmos. And you talk about a trial. Here, the Apostle John had been boiled in oil. Uh, he had been sent to the island of Patmos where he got the revelation or where he received the revelation that you and I are still studying today and a book of a prophecy that is unfolding before our eyes. Well, that's what's behind me today because I want to get into this book. I'm going to be teaching this book. Really, I am. And I, and I asked the Lord, if I'm going to teach you, you've got to give me some real insight to it. I really believe it began last night. So we'll be teaching that at the New Wine Ministry Church Services and I am excited about it. So that's what's behind me, the island of Patmos. You know, Patmos means my killing. So uh, this is uh, uh, my, every one of us need to have a Patmos moment with the Lord, a place where God kills us, the selfish, self-centered, old-natured, old man, old creation, old things. And it's a, it's a denial of self. And these apostles of God, man, they went far. Peter crucified upside down on a cross. James killed with the sword, John boiled in oil, and then sent on an island, um, <clears throat> but all things work together for good, don't they? So having said that, we're going to spend today and uh, say good morning to a few friends out there. Pastor Melissa Fletcher is a good morning. God bless you, and thank you for joining. It's an honor. Uh, Kevin Hauger, good morning, Pastor Vince. A beautiful day, only muggy, windy before the storms to come. Okay, muggy, windy, we can handle that. Good morning, Kevin. Cindy Messman, good morning, Pastor Vincent. Good morning to you, Cindy. God bless you. It was so good. Cindy, am I telling the truth about last night? Was there a liberty in the spirit, a joy unspeakable and full of glory? I felt it very strongly. Uh, Jay Grassi, good morning from Janae. Blessings in Yeshua for you and Patricia. Well, thank you so much. And Janae, from Janae. Good morning from Janae. God bless you, Janae. Welcome. Uh, Terry, good morning, and good morning to you, Terry. All right, so we're going to get going, and uh, Brother Don is going to be joining. And by the way, Terry, <clears throat> world of nobody, I uh, <laughs> love that. Uh, you made some excellent points yesterday in the broadcast. Well, Pastor Jeff was with us, and um, they needed to be shared, and I'm sorry I did not share them. We just kind of get to this moment where we got a hard close and go. Um, but you, it was noted what you were sharing, so thank you for doing so. Uh, without further ado, let me bring in my brother and 
I'm so tempted to do this with him. And ladies and gentlemen, welcome Brother Don Huddle to the airwaves today. Good morning, Don. How are you, sir? Good morning, Pastor Vince. How are you today? Sound like you're in real good sports. <laughs> I'm feeling great, man. I'm feeling so good. I, I just it's one of those moments where we taste uh the presence and um it's just really good. It's really re- it's like being let go uh out of the oven. You know what I mean? It's just like, okay. <laughs> and it feels good. It feels really good. How are you doing? So oh, pretty good. Uh well, actually, real good. I, I'm usually doing real good. Thanks to th- thanks to the Lord. Yeah, Amen, Amen. I say, see, you at a time of refreshing, then, huh? Yeah, it, from the presence of the Lord, not by going on vacation, but just the presence of God. Yeah. It's like it, something ended, and God was well, that's better just than like, vacation. <laughs> it really is. It's really better than a vacation. I agree. Praise the Lord. You know, one of the things I really want to get into, you know, you and I, uh, and, and you and I have been talking about end time events for a very long time. You've been a very dear friend of this ministry. Uh, I love the fact that you were once in, uh, uh, in war in Vietnam. You trained uh, uh, dogs uh, in, during Vietnam and did a lot of other stuff. I, the men that have been around you have had a lot of respect for you because of the you know, the hero, heroism of your time in Vietnam. But you also came out and you were working as a police officer and you've been involved in some other things. And I've just always had a great admiration and respect because within all that and outside of all that was your Christian faith and your love for God and the desire of your heart to serve the Lord in the way that you do. And so you and I have talked about the end times. We've talked about the maneuvers, the moments, and at moments, it felt like it was going to happen yesterday, um, and time has gone out, and here we are today, and we're a lot closer to the things that God has been talking to us about. And I guess today's another day we're going to dive into that, which is good. We need to do that. Um, but I also like the moments when you and I can step back into the Word and just open up the Word and talk about particular uh, issues, uh, you know, points of view, things that are important to where we are how we view what's going on in the world through a biblical lens. So why don't we start uh, with what God is putting in your heart to talk to the, uh, the body of Christ about and those who are listening, and then we'll kind of get, we'll kind of move into the word of God this morning. So uh, that's our introduction, Brother Don. So what do you have for us this morning? Where would you like to begin? Uh, well, let's go to the war. Let's, let's go to... Uh... Ukraine war uh, for openers. Just a uh, just a mention on that. Uh, the um, Mariupol has fallen, where that gigantic steel mill was at, <clears throat> and uh, you're going to see a wealth of information come out of there when uh, it was surrounded. There were thousands of fighters underground in those tunnels underneath that steel mill. And they were be- they were asking Ukraine, uh, they're being pounded by Russian artillery. And uh, Putin stated, I don't want to even see a fly get out of there. Now, there's a reason for that. Um, I believe that about 30 
bio labs have been located in Ukraine, uh, basically uh, ringing Russia. And uh, what's interesting about Russia is they don't release much information about what they find, but when they found those bio labs, they went to the United Nations and told them, look what we have. And you never heard anything about that after that. But they especially wanted Mariupol because the biggest bio lab of all was supposed to be underground. And that's why all those fighters went there. They didn't want anyone to get that and to find out what they were doing there. Uh, what Russia is interested in is they believe that they were doing race-specific research in order to kill people, large masses of people, especially Russian. They believe that those labs were going to be used, release some type of plague onto Russia to kill just Russian people. And uh, they had a lot of information along those lines. Now, when they... Uh, got all of those fighters out of there. They surrendered. I guess they were those fighters had been begging Ukraine for weeks for permission to surrender, and the Ukrainian government would not give them permission. Well, finally, uh, after Putin sealed it off to where they couldn't get any food or water down there to thousands of people, that's when they started to uh, to come out. Now, they said that they came out because their mission was over. At least that, that's what Ukraine, Ukraine uh, stated officially, because they lied about everything. But uh, they surrendered because they would have died otherwise. And they retrieved 2,000 Nazi Aslov soldiers underneath there. And I'm talking about guys that come out of there wearing Nazi uniforms, Nazi SS flashes on their uniforms, Nazi on their helmets, Nazi swastikas. And these Nazis were worse. They gave the actual World War II Nazis a bad name because these guys were the worst of the worst. These fascists that have been controlling this Ukrainian government even Zelensky's afraid of him. He's, he's afraid to do anything that they don't want done because if, he knows that they'll kill him. So they kind of got Zelensky uh, thrown out there at gunpoint doing what they want him to do. And to prove my point, uh, when Zelensky testified in front of Congress, uh, what about a month ago when he was on television, he was sitting there I guess it was all uh, through uh, television. He was sitting there talking to our congressman wearing his trademark green T-shirt, but on the breast of that T-shirt was a Nazi cross. It's, it's a, the, uh, you can see it if uh, you Google it. It's called the Nazi cross. It's what Nazi soldiers wore during the Second World War. And that's what these guys wear now. It's also known as the Iron Cross. So he was so bold to do that. And the thing is, Congress didn't say a word because they know that uh, Ukraine is controlled 
by these Nazi soldiers, thousands of them. And uh, they're controlling Zelensky. So anyway, they got all these guys out of there. There's also thousands of other people uh, that surrendered. Uh, and some of those are NATO soldiers. So you're going to see this come out. I, I know one of them was a ex uh United States Naval Admiral, supposedly he's retired. And he was fighting in there, and they brought him out. And about a month ago, they brought out, uh, they found a Canadian lieutenant colonel trying to sneak out. So what do they do with these guys when they catch them? They send them off to Moscow. They ship them there. They sent these 2,000 Nazi soldiers off to Moscow. They're going to try them, and probably they're going to hang them. They're probably going to execute them. Uh, and in the midst of that, you're going to see a lot of intelligence coming out of those um, tunnels about what these guys are doing down, down there. And it's probably going to shock the world. I think probably after Russia makes its case about what they found, uh, Russia won't be viewed as a villain anymore. They'll be viewed more as a liberator because it will be so devastating that people will actually begin to realize even even the media-controlled American people in this country what the truth to this whole war was. And what Russia was doing was trying to exactly what they said. They want to denazify the Ukraine, and they want to protect the Donbass regions, the Nazk and Luhansk, and they want because they want to be free. And they've been wanting to be free since 2014. And what did they get for that? The Ukrainian army shelled them relentlessly and killed 10 to 15,000 of their citizens. Uh, actually, what Russia was doing was liberating, liberating them just like they said they were. The only line that's been going on here, the only line from what I can see, is what Ukraine is doing and what NATO has done. And let's face reality on the situation. This is all coming about from our Washington, D.C. politicians. They're the instigators. They're the author of this whole thing. They put NATO up to do this, and they, uh, they pushed Putin into this. As a matter of fact, the Pope even came out a couple of weeks ago and acknowledge to the world press and to Russia that Pope understands that Russia was pushed into this, that all the only thing was Putin was doing was trying to safeguard his country, and that NATO was the bad guy here, which means Biden is the bad guy. I should say the puppet master is to control Biden. Now, the thing with the puppet is you never get to see the puppet master. You only get to see the puppet. The puppet ma- master is above controlling the strings. You know the strings there, but you never get to see the puppet master. So the question is, who is the puppet master through this entire thing? And I think it comes down to the New World Order and the powers that be in reference to that. Now, a new development along those lines What these guys want, the United States, 
as they want to throw the United States into chaos in order to declare martial law, to take all your rights away to where basically if you rebel, they just come and get you or they just kill you in place, whichever they they choose to do. And that's their big objective, and they're, they're trying to achieve that any way they can. Uh, they tried to ferment racial war. They're still trying to ferment that, but I think people are getting wise to that now. You don't hear much from Black Lives Matter anymore. You don't hear anything from Antifa anymore. It's kind of like these guys all got fronted off, and I think a lot of people that got involved in that are starting to realize that they got played. And especially uh, with Black Lives Matter, these guys, the leaders of that organization, all enriched themselves with millions of dollars, and that's all come out too. So uh, that being the case, I don't think they're going to be able to get a racial war. And, and the biggest reason I don't think that they can ever get a racial war in the United States is simply because white people and black people don't hate each other. They never did. If you want to see that kind of hate, go to the Middle East. You'll see it. You'll see it in aces there. But here you have people that built this country together. It's kind of like they all came over on different ships, but they're all in the same boat now. And I think most of the American people get that. What's bad about it is they don't appreciate it. The American people have become so spoiled in their thinking and so brainwashed that it's easy to push them in any direction, but you can't quite push them far enough. So they need something else that's really going to set this off. Uh, they might try gun control, but see, they're not going to win that because it's just this is the most heavily armed civilian population in the world. They're just not going to get it done. So what are they going to go to? What any army does, the New World Army is trying to siege the United States. And you see that now. It's like they've surrounded the United States, and now they're tightening this noose. Uh, gasoline, that's obvious. Food now. And they're going to keep going until the American people become so frustrated, they just pop. Now, is that going to work? They don't really know. Now, their new move is the World Health Organization in Geneva. That's a, about a 200-country organization that all signed on to this World Health Organization. Now, in January, uh, Biden submitted some amendments to basically take away and give the take away uh, American sovereignty, worldwide sovereignty, and give it all to the World Health Organization to one man, which is the director of that organization. It's draconian. You saw it during the COVID uh, crisis, the, the COVID. Uh, fabrication. You saw it then because they kept getting referred to. World Health Organization says this. World Health Organization says That's when they were qualifying this organization. Now they're empowering it. 
And what they're going to do is in January, I'm sorry, in November, they're going to, these amendments are going to come into play to where this organization is empowered to where they can declare a medical emergency anywhere in the world and completely trump the power of that country and get it to do whatever they want it to do, and which is what? Martial law. That's what they want. They want to lock down the whole world, especially the United States, into some type of draconian thing like what they got going in Shanghai, right, China right now, where millions and millions of people are left in their homes. And that's all they have to do. The World Health Organization says, okay, we have a, a mouse pox or smallpox outbreak. Uh, right now they got one in Manhattan, mouse pox. And uh, so we're going to lock down everything, and they issue an order, and it's done. And there's nothing anyone can do about it because their power trumps any type of national power in the world. That's how powerful they're going to be. They're going to plug this in in uh, November. Um, this this started to get plugged in last January with the Biden administration introducing his amendments. Now they're going to do it. And like I say, this will be uh, the beginning of the winter this year, in November. That's the big thing. So what they're going to get is they're going to get the ability to execute martial law anywhere they want. And now you're starting to see this, uh, these diseases starting to spring out now, uh, especially this mousepox, which is, that is not a disease that is transmittable to people. It's mostly between animals. But it looks like uh, Mr. Fauzi has been doing this gain-of-function research again by getting these diseases to jump into human beings by tweaking it any way he can, just like he did COVID. And uh, it looks like this mousepox is going to be a big thing, which is flu-like symptoms. You get a rash on your face, it scabs up, and it's gone in, in 30 days. But you, know, you and I both know it's probably going to kill all of people, just like COVID did. And actually, there'll be a big panic. And then uh, there's another little thing on the horizon, smallpox. Well, they've been cooking the smallpox thing for about the last 10 years. I remember I worked in a hospital, and at one point they told everyone, you're going to have to take the flu shot, the hep C shot, hepatitis C shot, and the smallpox shot. Well, most everyone complied with the flu shot. I didn't. And most everyone complied with the hepatitis C shot. I didn't. But... Then they said smallpox, and when they said smallpox, there was a major rebellion among the staffs, among the nurses and the doctors. Then smallpox, well, smallpox was eradicated from this country for the last 50, 70 years, maybe longer. Why do we have to take that inoculation? Well, I think it's because everything's planned, what they do, and I think they plan on introducing smallpox back in the United States. So when you see it pop up, that's the little thing that they're going to play because smallpox is feared by everyone, that disease within itself. Uh, 
if they plug that in, I think the World Health Organization, that's when they'll make a gigantic move on the United States to just lock everything down. Uh, the compliance, I don't know, because the American people are very angry about this whole COVID thing now and these shots, uh, what these shots have done to people and what they're doing to them with the spike protein. See, all this has come out now, all this come out. And they, have been locked, they haven't been able to lock down alternative media yet. And because of that, the information is still coming out. But once they declare a state of martial law uh, through the World Health Organization, whatever they say as far as alternative media, if they say, well, you have to go away now, you can't uh, transmit any information at all, it's only important what we say because we have to be listened to and no one else. Total tyranny, total martial law. That's what they want to accomplish with this World Health Organization. So I think we should be all mindful of that. Uh, and if we're in a situation uh, with this food shortages, uh, and that's going to be worldwide, that's not just the United States, the American people are going to be so frustrated and so beaten down that any organization or any any man that jumps out and says they're going to lead the way and they have a plan, like the WHO, they'll follow them. Because you saw how they followed everyone into COVID, which surprised me. So anyway, uh, I think that's important that we under we know about this World Health Organization. Research is for yourself. You'll see what they're trying to do, and you have to remember one thing. Everything is planned. These guys all have a plan. Even if they get hit and stop, they never really stop. They just circle around and come in another way. They'll never stop until we stop them. And that's going to take, well, you know what that's going to take. That's going to take real force and the American people saying no, uh, and all moving in one voice and saying, no, we're not doing this anymore with you guys. You guys are done. As a matter of fact, we're coming for you. When that happens, all of this will stop. It's just a question of if the American people have the fortitude to actually do what's necessary to stop this thing that's destroying their country, destroying everyone, you know, it's no longer about race. It's no longer about any. Look what they're trying to do. They're trying to turn your kids into homosexuals. They're injecting your kids with a deadly uh, spike protein. That's It's going to kill them. They'll never grow up. And the list goes on and on. And we have to say no. We have to come to the point where we say, no, we're not doing this anymore at all. As a matter of fact, we're coming for you. And when that happens, it will stop. These people are only doing what they know they can get away with. They couldn't have pulled this off 10 years ago. 20 years ago, absolutely not. 30, 30 years ago, they wouldn't have thought about it. So it's a small, slow process where they just tighten the noose until you're dead. 
Wow. Lots of information. You know, uh, I have several thoughts um, going through my mind as you're talking. People in the chat room are expressing their thoughts uh, about this moment that's taking place. <clears throat> going back to 2020, going back to 2021, um, one of the, the main thoughts in my mind at that time is that when the world was shut down and when we hear about, you know, a global lockdown of the nations, uh, we know it already happened once, and it may have been a test run to see, you know, how people would respond to it. And now maybe this plan that you're talking about for a global lockdown again. But I remember in 2020 and 2021 saying over and over again that what's really behind the scenes by for shutting the world down was so that they could release their engineers into a world without so many people in the way, and they could <clears throat> continue on setting the final components uh, to bring about their governmental control and that they needed to get their 5G towers intact. They needed to get these different components all set up. And the way that they did that was just get everybody out of the way. They released the engineers. They went in. They did something. Now it's coming, kind of coming back, and they're seeing how it's functioning, uh, and it may need to happen again. But this is a biblical reality. This is exactly what the Bible says will happen in the last days, a one-world government, a one-world religion, a one-world uh, court. And what's interesting about that is even though we look at these things and say, you know, who are these people? You know, it's kind of like in the book of Isaiah when they look narrowly upon the devil and they say, you're the one, you're the man that shook the nations, you? I mean, it's going to be so absurd. And you look at Joe Biden and the administration and global leaders, Klaus Schwab, Harari and all these other people out there doing what they're doing, the Nancy Pelosi's of our day and all of that stuff. And you look and you go, you, you are the people that are doing this. And it's so absurd. It, we should be able to just, the people should crush these things, but they don't because biblically something has happened and uh, it's going to have its way. These things are going to become a reality in our world and all the fighting and all the resistance of the world uh, really isn't going to stop it. it. It's getting trained right now to go through it for a period of time. Uh, there will be skirmishes. There will be wars. I mean, there's articles everywhere right now about uh, another shooting in a McDonald's, people killed. Uh, you know, it's starting to pop again. Here we come, the summer of violence. And um, it's tough. I mean, this is, this is the tough stuff. They are wanting control, and it seems that they're going to have it. And, Don, everything you're talking about, it's just all the props, it's all the furniture being set upon the stage for end-time events to unfold. And uh, that's where we are. And, and we keep talking about it so people will recognize it and see it for what it really is. Um, also, I want to ask you about this. Uh, uh, Terry mentioned that uh, Stan Johnson, uh, on his program this morning, the Prophecy Club reported 31 dreams, visions, of suitcase nukes that are going to go off. Um, I know you have some understanding and uh, intelligence about suitcase nuclear weapons. Uh, do they exist? Are they real? And will they be detonated in the United States of America in your understanding? Yeah, we've had one since the 50s. We, we, maybe we were the first country to engineer them. They were called the Davy Crockett. There's two versions. One looks like a uh, small cannon. Uh, the second one is about 130-pound 
what they call a backpack nuclear bomb. And um, it's my understanding it comes in two parts. One part looks like a miniature black pot stove. You ever see those? Yeah. Uh, and the other one is a, a couple pounds of plutonium uh, uh, with what's called an accelerator. And these parts are carried separate, although they can be carried together. It usually takes two men to set one off, but one guy can set it off. Uh, I think it's a suicide weapon because once you activate it and start up the accelerator shooting into the plutonium, how's the guy going to get away? He, he's going to go off with it. I mean, maybe you don't tell him that part. He's going to run away. But he's not going to get far. <laughs> so um, if uh, it's, a it's a dirty weapon. Now, dirty means it's set off on the ground. And that, in effect, is what makes it makes it most dangerous. Uh, where that weapon goes off, it will create a 2,000 in diameter hole. That hole will be radioactive for thousands of years. And if it, if it's set off in a city, the heart of that city will just be a hole for 2,000 feet. I mean, 2,000 feet's a long way. If you ever if you ever look that far, that's, you can't even see to the end of 2,000 feet. It'll just be a nuclear hole. The blast will send all that glass, dirt, and everything up into the atmosphere in a column. It'll go up 35, 40,000 feet, and then it will drift in the direction of the wind. Now, I live outside Chicago. I'm, I'm in a 32-mile range, line of sight from Chicago across Lake Michigan. Uh, I'm right on the edge of that, but I will be in that drift field. That drift field will go on for 250 miles. So I have to worry about that. And <clears throat> what you have to do if you're in that drift line, that drift cone, is you have to get on the ground for three days because gamma radiation, which is the most deadly radiation, if you get caught up in that and it falls on you, it's going to irradiate you and you're going to die of radiation sickness within a few weeks, which is a terrible way to die because basically you bleed out. And... Uh, so if you get underground for three days, that gamma radiation will die within three days. So that's a short nuclear half-life. <clears throat> now, um, the other forms of radiation, alpha and beta, they could be blocked with a uh, piece of paper. Gamma is what you have to worry about. And uh, if it's a big weapon, uh, and uh, these these ones coming over on these uh, ICBMs, I mean, these missiles. Well, you're going to have about that hole is going to be a lot bigger than 2,000 feet, and uh, Chicago would just be a hole. And then if it's a MERV weapon where it has eight to ten or maybe twelve separate nukes. 
they go to their own uh, targets from that same missile, uh, now you got you have massive destruction. You can't even imagine the destruction that just one ICBM with Merck technology will put on the United States. Uh, but anyway, let's get back to suitcase nukes. Suitcase nukes, uh, I think, with what they've smuggled into this country for the last 30, 40 years, uh, I think that would be the weapon of choice because they're already here. They're probably pre-positioned. You see these, when we have events like in Chicago, you see these planes flying around uh, and what they're called is nuke sniffers. They're trying to, to detect radiation. And uh, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for suitcase nukes. Um, we know, besides what came out of our stores, we smuggled out of our stores, out of our armories, uh, we know that there's 200 suitcase nukes missing from, from Chechnya when their country fell. And they were sold on the black market for a million dollars apiece. Well, 200 of them, uh, it was a general by the name of Lunov who wrote a book about it, a Russian general, and then he got assassinated for doing that. Those 200 nukes are distributed throughout the world, and I'm sure a lot of them came here, were smuggled into the United States by uh, terrorist organizations, Muslims, our enemies that we've allowed to cross the borders for many, many years. Uh, yeah, I remember when I was, uh, this is a side note about talking about smuggling. I remember I was on uh, Lackland Air Base in uh, 71, going through some schools down there. And uh, that's right there on the, on the border. Not close, but pretty close in Texas. Uh, one day we saw a parachute coming down outside the base, a small one. And we asked, uh, I asked the sergeant, what's that? Well, you know, we don't have a He goes, those are smugglers. He said, really? He said, yeah, they're dropping stuff from across the border. People coming to get it, probably drugs. Well, see, that, smuggler, that kind of smuggling has been going on for many, many years. And then all these tunnels they found, 1,500-yard tunnels coming in from, uh, from Mexico into, into the United States. I mean, with railroad tracks or anything, small tracks where you could push anything in here, everything you could think of has been smuggled into this country, arms, uh, drugs, weapons, uh, and suitcase moots. So they're here and they're being, uh, they're being guarded by uh, whatever cell groups left them in here. And we know they're there. We wouldn't be looking for them at every major event if we didn't know they were here. So uh, the, the concept of eight to 10 nuclear um, suitcase nukes going off in American cities, well, that's not, <laughs> might even be more, but that's very conceivable, especially if we go to war. And see, we're on the brink of nuclear war right now. Uh, they're even announcing that in Congress. Some of these Democratic congressmen are saying, one got up there and said, we're at war right now. We're in a state of war with Russia. Okay, they know that. We did it. 
NATO did it. Washington D.C. did it. Pushed NATO into it. And that's what. And what's it all about? It's about the destruction of Russia. Russia knows that. We've been planning to go to war with Russia since after World War II. And uh, the Pentagon definitely wants war with Russia. So this is everything that the Pentagon, the powers that be, in Washington, D.C., this is what they want. The bad part about it is we're stuck in the middle of it. These guys have bunkers to go to, underground bunkers all over the United States. We don't even have civil defense anymore. We have, we have nothing. The only civil defense you're going to have is what you devise for yourself in your basements. That's it. And that is sufficient if all you have to worry about is fallout. Now, if you see a flash, a bright flash, five times greater than the sun, you have a tendency to want to look at it. Don't look at it. It will burn your eyeballs off. You'll be blind. Don't look at it. You see all these old movies where the army is setting off nukes in the desert? They all have these real thick goggles that they put on so that that flash won't affect them. You just don't look at it. Remember that. Always remember that. If it's real bright flash, you have no idea what it is, and it's so intense you want to look at it, don't look at it. Because the last thing you want if you survive is to be stumbling around blind and some uh, wreckage and destruction from a nuclear weapon. And we all have to remember that. I was raised as a kid when we had civil defense in this country. I remember I was, I was about second or third grade. I remember they taught us to get underneath our desks in case a nuclear bomb went off. And what it was, you, you got underneath your desk and you put your head between your legs to protect your head from any falling debris that came down. They were concerned about the blast, you know, knocking down the school, the school and a roof coming down on your head. And uh, we were taught that. And it, it was no big deal. I mean, we weren't really, really afraid. We were being taught to be prepared for something to up our survivability rate. Now, naturally, if you're in the initial zone, where you get radiation and, and uh, heat and that kind of blast, uh, you're, you're not going to survive. And if you do, you won't survive for long because you need medical attention. So we have to be our own civil defense now. And we have to take it serious because we're there now. This is the greatest threat of nuclear war in our history much worse than the, the uh, Cuban Missile Crisis back in the 63. For seven days, everyone thought we were going to nuclear war. But this is worse. This is much worse. Because then it was brinkmanship. This isn't uh, nuclear brinkmanship or who's, who's on top, who can threaten who, and you know, get these missiles out of here, and we're going to come over in Cuba, and we're going to raise into Cuba and destroy the missiles. This isn't about that. This is about us creating nuclear warfare, pushing another country into it believing that it can't survive, that we want to destroy it, and they will, and stated they will respond with nuclear weapons. Once the next step occurs, which is an attack from NATO, or who knows, if they get all these people out of those underground facilities in Mariupol and they find out a lot of these guys are NATO troops and then they're fighting, 
that would be the protocol right there. Okay, NATO just got involved, so we're going to hit you. And they will go first. And don't think that Russia won't attack us first. If we put them in a position where they think it's a question of their survival, which is 30 NATO countries going to gang up on them, which is what has happened, uh, once they decide this is it, then we're going to get hit by them. Is it going to be limited just there? Or is it going to be an all-out nuclear attack on the United States to take the United States out so they can't respond? That's the question, and that's the only question. Because if this keeps going uh, in its natural state, then that's exactly what's going to happen. We're going to nuclear war. And what's bad about it, once again, is this is what the Pentagon and the Biden administration want. They want nuclear war because they're Luciferian. They want to destroy the, the uh, country, and they want to destroy a good part of the, the uh, human race. And, and if we only understood how evil the leaders are in Washington, then we get it. But we haven't got it yet because... How do you understand that kind of evil? How do you, how do you think like that? You know, it's like trying to understand a child molester. Yeah, you can't understand why why somebody would be attracted to want to have sex with kids. They understand because something happened to them. But I think the reason uh, they got these guys uh, that do this get away with this for so long is nobody wants to believe that anybody could do that. And, and That's the rub that's going on here. Nobody wants to believe that these leaders in Washington could be this evil. They can't identify with them. They're ordinary Americans. They don't get it. They will get it because they're the victims. So that's where we're at. So practice your civil defense. If you you have a a shelter, if you have a basement, Build a shelter in your basement, you know, where radiation can affect you that much from from above you. And uh, if you're in a basement, then radiation can't reach you unless you're at ground level. So always keep that in mind. Uh, I know that I read at one time that when Chernobyl went up in Russia, they never told the Russian citizens to stay indoors. And they believed that if they would have done that, 60% of the casualties from radiation wouldn't have occurred. But, you know, Russian citizens were out there just walking around like everything was fine. They didn't understand. Nobody was telling them anything. That's what's going on here in the United States right now. Most people don't know what to do if a nuclear weapon goes off anywhere near them. And they don't understand about fallout. They don't understand about drift. They just don't understand because... The powers that be don't want them to understand. They want them to die, and you have to understand that they want you to die. When they shot you that that uh, COVID, uh, not a vaccine, that gene therapy shot into you, that blood clotter, they did that to kill you. They didn't do that to help you. <laughs> it's not about that. They fabricated this disease. They invented it. It's the people that are that are telling you about it are the ones that did it. You know, it's, it's like perfect for them. And they got half the American people to go along with that. Now they got to invent something new. And they will. They'll never stop until they're stopped. 
point until Jesus returns. He'll stop them for sure. And then you'll get to see their rewards. And there it is. There it is. You know, we've been hearing for months now. Um, well, let's, let's go at least a month, okay? Um, about a month ago, we heard from the Holy Spirit that there would be a massive birth pain and that this pause has ended, a birth pain that will, sh- that will shake the world, a birth pain that the whole world will scream in travail. I'm putting up scripture after scripture on the chat room in Facebook and YouTube and Rev Media uh, for anybody that's willing to take a look about all the scriptures that talk about a woman in travail. Uh, ask you now, see whether a man does travail with child. They're trying to make that happen in our sick society today, men getting pregnant so they could abort the baby. That's another issue going on. Uh, wherefore do I see every man with hand, his hands on his loins as a woman in travail and all faces are turned into paleness? Uh, and I could bring one scripture after another, after another, after another from Old Testament to New Testament about this time that every man's hand is going to be, um, you know, shaken by what is coming on this earth. So the Holy Spirit is foretelling. The Word of God has foretold. Men and women have taken it to task to go into the Word of God to understand the signs of the times, to look at the world through a biblical lens and give interpretation to what we see. And while the forecast is going forth and has been for uh, many years within our generation, the reality of the things that have been spoken are now nearer to come And the day will actually arrive where we will see the things that have been spoken about. When they were first spoken about, they were absurd. Come on, you know, that's crazy. Then we kind of left the whole conversation while we've heard it so much. And yet here you are. Now it becomes the time of reality. Something is about to happen in our world, and it's going to shake the earth, and it's going to be a travailing cry all over the world. What could that possibly be? What is this next labor pain. I happen to believe it has something to do with Roe versus Wade. It has something to do with the mass murder of over 90 million babies in the womb, the shedding of innocent blood. And uh, the, the righteous law of God is an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Unless you come to Jesus Christ, then there's mercy. So I believe an exact measure of the righteous judgment of God is going to visit our nation and around the world because this has been a common practice in nations all over the world. So where mass murder was taking place against the most innocent blood and abortion, well, we have a birth pang now ready to rise all over the world, along with the racial violence. And even though uh, we have not hated one another, I believe that the satanic in the world is inspiring, you know, retribution, vengeance, because a lot of people in the world don't live by the law of the Lord, which vengeance is mine, I will repay which is basically taking vengeance out of our hands, taking vengeance out of our thoughts, taking vengeance out of, you You did it to me, I'm going to do it to you. And that is the way the world used to work. But people without Christ that don't know the new covenant, this is how they operate. You're going to walk into our grocery store. You're going to shoot and kill 10 people. Well, here comes retribution. Here comes vengeance. And I believe it is being set up for the uh, the summer of violence, another summer of violence, we're about to see it explode. And, Don, when it happens, and what, what is being created right now by the foreknowledge of God, for those who are not ready, those who are not founded upon the rock, those who are not settled in Christ, is fear and panic. Fear and panic. And when the events actually come, 
the massive panic and fear that will be released around the world will be a spiritual energy, satanic, very dark, that will produce chaos and confusion. And when, when fear and panic give birth to chaos and confusion and it erupts around the world, that's where people start pushing triggers, pushing, pulling triggers, pushing buttons. That's when everybody starts getting into the panic. And that's when you see things really begin to go south. And this is here. And there's an event, and it's ready to happen. Now, to those who are born again, those who believe in the Lordship of Jesus Christ, those who have faith in God, those who have fled to the cross for salvation, those who have accepted the shed blood of Jesus Christ for their own sins, those who have bowed their knee, confessed with their mouth the Lordship of Christ, admitted their guilt, and have repented of their sin and have turned to the Lord and are living in Christ and seeking uh, to live fully in him, working out their salvation with fear and trembling every day. Um, There is a divine hedge of protection. I am a firm believer that, you know, I put up the scriptures there, while Sodom and Gomorrah was being incinerated and and the smoke was going up from like a furnace, that Abraham was walking on the mountains with the Lord going on in the eternal purpose of God. The scriptures promise a hedge of protection to those who love God. And quite frankly, and I'm going to be ministering on this this weekend, if you look into the biblical text, this moment that we are in right now for some of God's kids, and I know it may sound, oh, that's not very nice, but the reality is this is the greatest adventure. This is a time of adventure for an ecclesia, for the people of God, to step into the dynamic of the kingdom of God, the power of God, the foreknowledge of God, the revelation of God, the understanding of God, the knowing of God, and being caught up into the jet stream of God. We're waiting for a microburst of divine glory to come into the life of the ecclesia, an outray, an explosion, an effulgence, a transfiguration of the power of God within a people that are walking with the Lord. So while this is all going on in the world in this time of his woe, sadness, travail, in the kingdom of God, in the body of Christ, the genuine ecclesia, something of an adventure awaits us for the time that we're in. That adventure may be going into the wilderness for three and a half years, 42 months, 1,260 days. The adventure, this should not be viewed by God's people as a time of fingernail biting, worry, fear, concern. This is the righteous judgment of God. And even though the powers of darkness are coming for persecution against the church of God, even though we understand that the demonic is more frustrated now than it's ever been because the devil knows his time is short and he's going to unleash every single weapon available to him to make war with everything concerning God, there will still be a people under the divine hedge of God's protection in the hour in which we live. But you have to live within the context of that reality. In other words, you can't be just fluffing off every day and ignoring everything and, you know, going on and and being lukewarm and compromised and tolerating everything and pretending this, that, and then expect to be under this divine hedge. No, you need to be like Abraham, walking in faith, in relationship with God upon the mountaintops, having relationship with God. Lot is going to be fleeing. There are many Christians that are going to be fleeing the cities of America. They're going to be on the run. They're going to be looking for shelter. They're going to find themselves without food and water. They're not going to have clothing. They're going to be running with their children. Katrina times a thousand. The heart of America is going to be struck. 
a massive strike against the heart of this nation. It's on the way. It's the birth pang. It's here. Something. Is it a nuclear weapon going off in Washington, D.C.? Is it going to go off in New York? Is it going to go off in Hollywood, California? Where will the columns of smoke be? Where will the vapors of smoke be? Where are we going to see the mushroom clouds? I suspect 7 to 15 of these mushroom clouds will be detonated on the same day within the same hour, and America will collapse, and it will fall. I believe this is in motion. I believe it's unveiled. I believe it's been revealed. It's only the timing, and God is warning. And while there's so much confusion because so many people are saying, well, Donald Trump is coming back. We're going to win the election. America is going to turn the tide. We're going to be great again. They, that, it, that is an absence of revelation knowledge of what the word of God says about the time that we are in. And the only way to get around that is to say, well, we're not in that time. And yet everything happening in our world today is an exact description of that particular time that we are in. So, uh, Donna, again, I think you just, you know, you spelled it out. Your thoughts, anything further you'd like to share uh, about this moment? Yeah, I think you touched on it uh, uh, very effectively. Uh, Satan's time is short. And what's he doing? He's destroying his kingdom. You know, I remember one time uh, I got called as a policeman to a domestic uh, disturbance. And there was a guy, a guy had just got served uh, divorce papers. And he was walking around with a baseball bat, and he was breaking out all the windows of his cars. And then his house. And uh, it's his property. And we sat there and we watched him destroy everything he could possibly destroy so that she wouldn't get it. And uh, it was half his. He said, it was on your property, so you want to destroy it, go ahead. And so we watched him do that, and she wasn't there to say anything. We didn't have any court orders saying he couldn't. We had nothing. So we just stood there. And uh, he destroyed what was his so that she couldn't get it. And I think that this is what... Uh, I think this is what Satan is doing with the world. He's destroying the world because he knows time is short and he's thrown a big fit because he knows that very soon he's going to get cast into the lake of fire. And he's mad. And he's, he's, uh, he's walking around like a, a roaring lion seeking who he can destroy but that lion is very angry right now, so he's going for everything he can get because very soon his, his fate, he's going to meet his fate with Jesus Christ. And he knows what his fate is. And I think that that's all that's going on here. And, he, and it, what's that going to result in him destroying a good part of the world? Yeah, I think so. I think he's going to destroy a good part of the world. I think he's going to destroy a good part of mankind. Uh, now, the Bible says that before you become a child of God, you are a child of Satan. Uh, I remember reading that as a young man, and I thought, man, that's tough. What are you talking about? But the older I get, the more I realize I am dealing with people that before you become a child of Jesus Christ, you are a child of Satan. You think like that. You're a product of the world. And I think what Satan is doing is basically destroying his own, what he thinks is his. 
Now, are you his? No. You know, is a born-again Christian his? No. So you're going to see a lot of destruction going around around you. But uh, as the Bible says, that, uh, you know, 10,000 fall by your side, uh, you'll still be left standing. So you have special provision, special protection. If you're saved, you have you have the license and the right to believe that God will protect you supernaturally. Now, I've seen supernatural protection of God that he offers his saints. I've seen it firsthand with myself and with others. And I'm telling you right now, God will move heaven and earth literally to protect just one of his people. And I've just stopped time. Uh, he'll do supernatural things. And I, I think that what we're going to be seeing now is we're going to be seeing the supernatural exercise more and more because that's the type of protection that's going to be needed. And uh, that's why you should take your peace about the whole thing because you don't belong to Satan. You're watching him rage, but you're no longer his property. So you you have a certain protection and ability to understand and accept the peace that God gives you over that. Don't be afraid. There's nothing to be afraid of no matter what you see. Because God will put you where he wants you to be, and he'll protect you. He'll cover you with his wings. So I know there's a lot of fear out there right now. Uh, some of the things I say, I, I kind of hesitate because I'm thinking, you know what, uh, you know, I don't want to be a prophet of doom and all that, but I have to speak what Too I know is true. <laughs> Too you late. Know, I have to speak. Yeah. Huh? I said, too I mean, late. I have to. You are. <laughs> <laughs> I have yep. to. There, there's, you know, I, I'm a, I'm normally I'm a happy-go-lucky guy. I mean, I try to be joyous, and you know, I try to look at the positive things, you know. And uh, but yeah, it, I mean, what you're going to see happen in, in the natural hmm. is going to happen. Yeah. And. Uh, I don't know. People are suddenly such a delusion now and in denial. Uh, they don't want to know. They don't want you to tell them. They just want to face it, which is fine. But, man, get prepared. Do it. Take care of your wife and your kids and your family. Be a man, you know, and, and do what a man is expected to do. Uh, the Lord wants you to protect your home and family. And if it's all destroyed and you get taken to heaven, well, you know what? You gained. You didn't lose. But in the meantime, you know, you have to do what you have to do in the natural. And uh, you will be you will be dealing with supernatural law. You're dealing with it now. But now as the, the times get darker, you're just going to see more supernatural provision. Be ready for that. But expect that because that will happen because you have a covenant with Jesus Christ. And uh, he will protect you, and his will will be done in your life, whatever that will is. So just take your peace about that. Everything's, everything's fine. So if a nuke goes off, you know, tomorrow in the United States or 10 of them, you'll be fine because you're in that corner of protection from the Lord. Just do what you know you should do in the natural, and then don't worry about it. Trim your lamps. 
Don't be the foolish virgin. Trim your lambs. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Hey, Don, we've got a uh, call coming in. Let's take this call right now just in case there's a question for you. Um, let's okay. take it from area code 605. Good morning. God bless you. Welcome to the broadcast. You're on the air. Thank you. Yes, it is for Don Huddle. Okay, when he was speaking about NATO and the United States of America, and my question is this, where is the country of Israel at right now? Whose ally are they really? And what can you tell us about who's joining with who? Well, uh, Israel just jumped out in full board with the World Health Organization right next to the United States. And that means that Israel's sovereignty is going to be ruined. Uh, also, Israel is one of the most heavily vaccinated countries in the world, so they all took that clot shot. So uh, I, you know, I'm not looking good for Israel, no matter how you cut it. Now they're getting ready to go to war with Iran. It looks like they're going to hit them. So... Uh, I think Israel has some very dark days ahead of it because they have signed on to this New World Order thing, and they're right in there punching away with, with the United States. I mean, whatever the United States does, Israel's going to do. And what the United States is doing, they're leading the charge on this whole New World Order thing, and they're leading the charge on this war in Ukraine. And uh, let's face it, the bastion of the New World Order right now is the United States at least the people that are in control of the United States. And you can't just say it's Biden. Biden is just he's just a guy that got out there to take the heat when all this, you know, goes into the toilet. I mean, where else would you keep him there, you know? So he's just a figurehead. And uh, when they're done with him, they'll, they'll get rid of him one way or another. So Israel is uh, Israel's not going to fare well in this whole thing. They're doing it to themselves. They're deluded, you know, and the thing is, they've never accepted Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, the things that they say about Jesus are pretty terrible. I don't even want to repeat them. And that's your mainline Israeli uh, person, or, or, or I should say Jewish person. Really, that's another story. Yeah. So, Absolutely. You know, uh, with that question that you just answered, and thank you for the question, Kathy. We appreciate that. I was just looking at this um, little news article here. This is interesting because it's telling us that the uh, the Russians are going to shut off the gas line to, uh, I think it was Finland. Is it, Am I looking at Finland is the right place? Um, yeah. Yeah. So they're getting ready to shut off supplies there. And um, again, this gets into the, because they're joining NATO, right? Isn't like Sweden and Finland uh, considering joining NATO? And that's why Russia it's is said, is getting ready. They said they, they're going to. They're, they're threatening uh, Russia with that. We're going to join. See, Finland and Russia, they have very, some very bad blood between them. They don't like each other. And uh, for them to say that, they're like saying, well, we're, we're just going to join uh, NATO. So that's an, another threat. Now, uh, Sweden, they've always been a neutral country, always, even during the Second World War. And now they're picking a side with NATO. And now they're talking about joining NATO. Uh, 
I don't think that that – I think that this pleases Russia a lot, but I don't think it's a real threat. Uh, what's bad about that is when these nukes start flying, these little countries are going to get what NATO's going to get. And uh, I know France is uh, starting to get very concerned about that. They don't want to be a nuclear target. Now, the Pope, he just stated, uh, oh, about a week ago, uh, you know, Putin got pushed into this by NATO, and, you know, uh, Russia's not the bad guy here. And and uh, I was wondering why the Pope said that. And then I realized that Italy is a NATO country. So that means Rome will be a, NATO, will be a nuclear target for Russia. I think he's trying to, like, say, wait a minute, you know, that's the Vatican. Uh, this could end up being a nuclear hole if we keep pushing this because they know that Russia if Russia will attack with nukes. They, they, don't, they don't think like, see, we try thinking that Russians think like we do. No, no, they don't. You have to look at their country. You have to look at their history. You have to look at what happened uh just about 60, 70 years ago in Europe, when Russia had to fight for its very existence against the Nazi army. And uh, they almost got taken out. They lost a million and a half people fighting Nazis in the field. You know, it was horrible. If you ever read any of those accounts. And they eventually, uh, they overcame them because they just were willing to just keep shedding blood. And, uh, they're all hard people, and that's the kind of people that uh, NATO chose to mess with. And why? Because they want Russia uh, part of the New World Order. They want them communists. They don't want them anti-communists like, like they became. Now, there's still a communist party in Russia, but it doesn't have much power. They want Russia at least regime change in Russia to where they get people in there that are willing to play nice with NATO and let them break up Russia. Well, Russia's fighting for its very existence. Suppose that that happened to our country. You know, we got staged signed by Red China, which we have, and they decided to break us up, which apparently that they're working on. They just not, they're not saying it, but they sure bought off our politicians in Washington, D.C., with millions and billions of dollars, well, if the Red Chinese give you a billion dollars, they're not doing it because they love you. They want something. And what do they want? They want the United States. <laughs> it just said simple. Exactly. They, got hey, you know, they have to see population. Exactly. Exactly. Hey, I want to get into one other thing before we, we close out here. Um, there's, there's an article, and this is coming mainly from the left, but it's good to know what the left is thinking and what they're saying, because we're talking about war with Russia. We're talking about the Ukraine. We're talking about Israel, Iran. Uh, but right here at home, uh, this is FBI. This is what a gentleman said. The FBI is failing to address white supremacist violence. Uh, warns this former special agent. And the article says, the Federal Bureau of Investigation is failing to address the rising scourge of white supremacist violence despite stark warnings that such attacks pose the greatest domestic terrorism threat in the U.S., a leading authority on law enforcement has told The Guardian. Michael German, a former FBI special agent, 
who infiltrated white supremacist groups in the 1990s, said the Bureau continues to underplay the scope of the threat. As a result, communities targeted by white supremacists and far-right militia groups, such as the largely African-American neighborhood of Buffalo, New York, where 10 people were killed by a suspected racist gunman this week, are left fatally exposed. So U.S. law enforcement is failing. As it, is, uh, as it long has to provide victimized communities like Buffalo with equal protection under the law. So my point is, this, is, this doesn't stop. If you listen to, and I know a lot of people don't, and those who do, it's probably just to you know, kind of hear what they're saying. Uh, you listen to the left's uh, you know, narrative, uh, the white supremacists, white supremacists, white privilege, um, domestic terrorists, uh, white conservatives, Trump followers, um, nationalists, people that love their country. Um, this is a, a topic that is going on right here at home to, you know, you have people that are white that are ashamed of being white. You have people that are uh, bowing down and asking for forgiveness for their white privilege, whatever that means. Um, and, and this is the racial card that the left is trying to play. This is not coming from not, not anybody I know, nobody I know is, is, is racist in the sense of that type of narrative. So I don't know who they're talking about. And supposedly Donald Trump is the white nationalist conservative president that's going to lead the white supremacists into war against everybody. I don't believe that for a second, Don. And yet the left is the one that is promoting this racism. And we know that racism is in the world. It's always been here. It's not going to go away. Jesus said in the last days, it's going to multiply. It's going to increase. So nobody's going to deal with the racist uh, issue that goes on. You don't have to be a part of it, whether you're black, brown, yellow, red, or white. You don't have to be a part of racism, especially if you're born again and you're in the kingdom and you realize this is a spiritual journey. Um, but it does exist. But the left is the one stirring the pot with this idea you know, what, what is your, your final thoughts about this issue, about white people in America being the greatest threat of domestic terrorism in our country? Okay, so I was on the FBI task force for two and a half years, and Gary was an organized crime unit. And I, I worked right with, I basically lived with FBI agents. I talked to them. We ate together. I was in their homes. They were in mine. And I, they're some great guys. They really are. I love those guys. They're top shelf. They're picked that way. But they got a blind side. And whoever's listening here right now, you know you do. And the blind side is they're completely loyal to Washington, D.C. That's their God. And I'm serious, really. That's all they care about is impressing Washington, D.C. or who their main field office is, like Indianapolis would be here. And other than that, there's nothing wrong with these guys, And but they're going to do what they're told to do. All these things that you're seeing about white supremacist this and, you know, you know, patriot this and all this stuff, this is all propaganda coming out of Washington, D.C. These guys are in Washington, D.C. are being obedient. These agents in D.C. are being obedient to what is coming out of these administrations because that is their bread and butter. That is their God. Now, you think about this. These guys are getting paid 180 grand a year, probably uh, at least 110, 120 coming in the door. 
and it gets a lot. I mean, they can end up making a lot more money through their G system advancement advancement system. They're completely loyal to that. They have mortgages, they have families, their kids are in school. They usually live in pretty good neighborhoods because of the money they make. They, a lot of them come from FBI families, you know. So that's the problem with the FBI. They're going to do exactly what Washington, D.C. tells them to do. I was talking to an agent uh, on the phone um, last summer that I worked with. He called me up. He's in Indianapolis. And uh, I said, man, did, did you know that they stole that election? He goes, yeah, we know. I said, you know. Now, see, I had the same conversation with a, uh, a U.S. Marshal uh, that I worked with. And he said, yeah, we know. And I I said, why don't you guys do something? He says, what are we going to do? And I says, you really, you guys know that? And you're walking around there and you're picking up guys that were uh, down in Washington, D.C. and all that. He says, we're just doing our jobs. We don't like it. There's a lot, and I remember him saying, there's a lot of things going on around here that I don't, that I don't like. And I, uh, I was kind of, and I wanted to say, well, don't do it. Well, if I said that, he wouldn't have a job anymore because it's, with them, it's all based on loyalty. But it's not the agent itself. The agent itself, I mean, they were, they were great guys. They really were, most of them, not all of them. But the thing is, their blind side is they're completely loyal to Washington, D.C. That's the problem. And as long as you have that, uh, but it's, it's, it's the policies in Washington, D.C., the communist uh, destructive policies coming out of these administrations that are being downloaded on these agents. And they said, okay, you go out there and you do this and you tell your field agents to do this. And if you don't do it, you're going to lose your $300,000 a year job and all your prestige and your sack positions and everything else. This is what you're going to do. So it's all running downhill from Washington, D.C., from those administrations that are in power. And that's all you got to really know. So don't take all this propaganda, white supremacists, all this. They, what they're doing is they're, the Biden administration, all these communists overthrew our government, they're trying to take out their competition, the people they know are going to fight them. And that's all they're doing. Exactly. It's that simple. Now, yeah. once they disarm the country, you won't hear that white supremacist stuff no more. You won't hear nothing because <laughs> yeah, nobody, well, nobody get out of line then. White, black, whatever, they're going to do what they're told to do. They're going to get themselves killed real quick, and they'll be lucky to be in prison because that's what communists do. Just look at communist regimes and what they do because that's what happened. The, the United States was overthrown by a communist regime you can call it the Biden administration. You can call it New Order, whatever you want. They infiltrated into our government. They got paid off. They got blackmailed off at the highest levels. And then it all went downhill from there. And that's all you're seeing. So, Hey, Don, you know, it's reality. interesting. It is a reality, and it's a, it's a stark reality. There was an old movie called Red Dawn, I think it was, um, where the Russians had taken over or the North Koreans and the new modified one. And this group of young guys get up and gals get up into the mountains and they're hiding. Uh, in today's world, with the technology available today, I don't see anybody running to a place and hiding. Um, there's a scripture that says, unless God builds the house, they who build labor in vain. And I say again that unless God protects your life, 
trying to protect it yourself is going to be in vain. God is trying to protect everybody right now by foretelling what is coming on this earth. That is a form of protection, to forearm you, to equip you with knowledge and understanding and wisdom of what the Bible says. The world laughs at it, but it's not going to laugh much longer. As we read earlier, the woe is coming. So God is protecting you by foretelling you what is coming. And then he tells Noah, Noah, here's what's coming. He, he told him. And so, so here's what I want you to do. Now that I've given you information, knowledge, understanding about what's coming, now I want you to build yourself a little boat. I want you to do it over here. I want you to use this material. I want you to make it this way. It gives them an exact pattern. And so Noah does it out of respect and awe and the fear of the Lord. And so God is saying to people today, if you're listening today, you need to know that God loves you so much. He's wanting to protect you. And he's telling you, first of all, what's coming. And now, if your gasoline prices are going to soar, $10 a gallon, if your food prices are going to soar, if martial law is coming, if all this stuff is coming, you need to press into the heart of God and you need to be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people right now and make sure that you're not moving by your own intellects and or angel of light things. You need to be really cautious about the decisions you're making. But Listen, God is foretelling you because he loves you. He would tell the whole world, but they don't want to listen. But you're listening. So take what you've heard today, put it in your spirit, and then ask God, okay, now that I know, what do you want me to do? Now, some of you are far ahead in this understanding. You've already begun your preparations, but some of you haven't yet moved. You're like lingering lot. You're not sure. Um, you don't want to be there. I guarantee it. Listen, I've run out of time. Brother Don, I've got to go. I love you, my friend. I've got uh, a final announcement I need to make here. And uh, thanks for sharing, as always, once again. Good talking to you. Good talking to you, too, sir. All right. So I just need to say with that, you want to share this uh, interview with as many people as you can. Um, I need to tell you that I have been invited, Patricia and I have been invited to go and speak at a conference in New Mexico. So we will not be here uh, next week and the following week. We will not be on the air. We are going to say goodbye today for a couple of weeks and uh, we will see what God is doing, but we are going to be leaving for New Mexico and we will be speaking there and we have some other uh, things that we'll be doing. Uh, our ministry is going to be consolidated to New Wine Ministry. Uh, our family, the people that God has entrusted to us to pastor and shepherd and, and minister to, um, that is where our focus and concentration is going. Uh, we have a lot that God is downloading in us for the church. Yes, and by Laquita. There's a prayer number, by the way, for you. Maybe the last day you'll be able to do this for quite some time. We're not sure when we're going to be back on the air, but we definitely know for the next several weeks we will not be broadcasting and so uh, it's been an amazing journey. We have run our race. We have done everything that God has put in our heart to do. But now, thankfully, the Lord has called us out. We are going to be concentrating on starting home fellowships as well. It's been a vision in my heart for over 31 years. I was born again in a home fellowship. I believe the glory of God will be in homes. And so we're going to be releasing. So I want to say goodbye to everybody that's been out there for a while. This is an excellent thing. This is not just because there's pressure. There, quite frankly, there is none today. Uh, God has brought us through something, and he's given us something to do. So, again, if you would ever want Patricia and I to come and minister in your neck of the woods, make sure you contact me. Give me a call. 
If you want to gather people together and you want us to come and minister the word of God for a weekend, a week, a month, whatever it is, however Spirit of God wants to do it, let us know. We'd be more than happy to go to your neck of the woods and and share and impart and uh, to declare everything that God has put in our heart. And if out of that comes a home fellowship where people want to gather together of like mind, they get on the same page, uh, and we can give them instructions on how to move forward in the days that we're living in, please make sure you give me a call, 858-864-8712. We would love to help you in your community in this area. We've reached out before. Nothing happened. Uh, we, we are still equipped, and we're still ready to go and willing. And right now we're going to New Mexico to minister at a conference. Can't wait to be there. And uh, then we will be out and we'll see you maybe next time, whenever that next time will be. But I want to say it's been a complete honor to have been on the airwaves and to have shared everything we heard God say. And we hope we remain balanced and we hope we did our job well. And um, having said that, dear friends, have a great weekend. Be blessed. Please, I mean, these, these interviews, these broadcasts, they are on Blog Talk Radio. You can listen to them over and over and over again. Uh, you go to blogtalkradio.com forward slash xman777. You'll find all the episodes for the last 10 years if you want to go and do that research on Blog Talk Radio. Uh, all the interviews that we've done on Facebook, you can go back to Facebook and find these. On YouTube, when they didn't kick us off, um, <clears throat> there are interviews there as well. So we will be broadcasting Saturday night at 5.30 on New Wine Ministry TV. Kevin Hauger has got that all set up. So YouTube and Facebook, Saturday night, Sunday night, uh, and Wednesday nights, we probably will still be broadcasting our Bible studies at New Wine Ministry. You're welcome to join us there anytime. I want to thank every single one of you that have ever sown a nickel into this ministry out of your lack and out of your love for the work that we do. I want to ask the Lord to take care of you. I want to ask the Lord to bless you. I want to ask the Lord to watch over you and to just be God in your life so that you will not get into fear. You will not get into panic. You will not be in chaos. You will not be in confusion. And you will be in and under the hedge and protection of God Almighty. And so I, I genuinely want to say thank you for everybody and anybody that has ever supported this ministry. It's always meant a lot to us. And so having said that, uh, to my friends, uh, Kathy and Brian uh, Gray, to Pastor Jeff Bass, to Brother Don Huddle, to Pastor Kevin Honeycutt, and to others that we've had the opportunity to host on this broadcast, I want to say thank you for your participation as well, and uh, it's just been a great run. I'm expecting the greatest adventure in the days ahead. I hope we'll be able to see you. We will be celebrating our Feast of Tabernacles in September and October. We will be celebrating the Feast of Shavuot, which is just a couple of weeks away now, and I hope that you'll be minded of these things. Maybe you'll hear us talking about them at our church services and I want to say to the New Wine Ministry family, we love you guys so much and appreciate and value each and every one of you. And we cannot wait to just put all of our energy, all of our focus into you in these coming days. So that's it for us right now. Remember the number on the screen. Put it down if you ever need to call 
479-233-3774. You'll be able to receive prayer and intercession uh, from those on the other side of the journey. Okay, that's it for us. We love you so much. God bless you until we meet again. Goodbye. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 